0: Ukraine's offensive, China's aggression, North Korea's missiles, it's more War Monday here on the Rob Manish Show on Red Voice Media Network, the only place where you're going to get the facts and the truth that doesn't include government propaganda, except for when we're pointing it out. The much-bonded Ukraine offensive appears to begin over the weekend with a major attack supported by armor all along the front lines in the southeast. The... Uh, Ukraine Armed Forces attacks into the Belgorod border region continue using Russian volunteer forces. And you're going to see on a map here, uh, which is propaganda during the show, uh, maybe some others. uh, But the most impact has been in the propaganda arena, as you're going to see. We'll show you the real truth update, uh, then a bit of propaganda from both sides in the war. And things are continuing to heat up in the Indo-Pacific area of responsibility. That's what the U.S. combatant commanders call the Pacific region and the Pacific Rim. And we've got a lot to cover there. Well, uh, let's go ahead and bring up the map of the uh, Ukraine area as we get our guests ready to come on. Now, this is the big picture, folks, up to your right, uh, top right corner there, you'll see Belgorod and Russia. Uh, that's the area where the so-called Russian uh, volunteers, I call them uh, Russian volunteer expat militia, uh, and some others uh, have been doing uh, border incursions for a little bit over a week now. Uh, and the Ukrainian armed forces is heavily shelling a couple of villages there uh, uh, day in and day out and then on down to the southeast. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Ukraine war is continuing to be one of uh, really propaganda uh, is what we're seeing. Uh, and our guest today is uh, retired Navy Commander uh, Randy Arrington, a, a U.S. Navy attack pilot, uh, a Ph.D. in political science. And uh, he has uh, uh, agreed to join us for this More War Monday and has become quite the regular here on the Rob Mana Show. Welcome back, Commander Arrington.
1: Uh, it's a, an honor to be invited on your show that has no safe spaces and the truth will be revealed.
0: Well, here's what I like to start the show with, uh, uh, the real truth, which is a, uh, a, uh, Royal army veteran. Uh, his name is Warren Thornton. Uh, and at some point I'll get him live on the show here, but he puts out updates every day. And I like to bring his latest update in, uh, the, the one I picked up this morning was from, uh, the 4th of June. And, uh, he tells the real deal, even when uh, it's uh, for one side or the other, and this guy gets accused of being a Russia, uh, Russian hack, uh, but he's not. Let's go ahead and play uh, uh, that first video.
2: Good evening, everyone. I hope you can hear me well. Uh, well, the Ukrainians gave it a real good go today, and they have gained a little bit of ground. Uh, they sent over 60 mechanized vehicles, including uh, 30 or 40 tanks, into this area here uh where you can see Novosilka is it uh, Velkaya Novosilka uh, so the there were two small villages here and two small villages here uh and over here uh, near Hulalopol i think it's pronounced uh, we'll just be absolutely certain of that uh, was a lot of mechanized support uh and what they did was they punched through three roads off a main road that goes across here Uh, So they came down through here, they came down through here, and they came down through here. Uh, Now this one managed to catch a village and drive the Russians back to here. And this one captured the village and and made the Russians drive back to here. Uh, This one was not quite so fortunate. It was caught by uh, Russian artillery and smashed over the minefields. Uh, There were at least uh, six tanks lost and over 250 soldiers. At the moment, there is fierce fighting going on here. that the the Ukrainians are captured and fierce fighting on going on here. Uh, They were meant to be supported uh, by various mechanised brigades, including the 110th coming in from there. But the Russians uh, absolutely smashed this area, uh, bombarded it with missiles and drones and artillery fire, uh, which has caused them not to be able uh, to support them, uh, support the Ukrainians in these two areas here. Uh, This was... If you like a fairly big offensive, uh, considering that there were that many mechanised vehicles uh, involved, not as many men. Uh, Many of the mechanised vehicles that came from the the middle wave uh, were caught in the woods round about here and were absolutely obliterated, um, which caused the offensive to halt. The main idea was that they were to smash all the way through here, given the amount of superiority they had. Uh, the idea was they were meant to come down these two main roads here and smash through and gain ground uh, somewhere around here and, and be able to use these uh, reinforcements to come round here, occupy these villages uh, while they pushed on. Uh, that didn't happen and in fact, they, the, their reinforcements are not coming. Uh, what the Russians will do about that now, having lost that area, I don't know. But it is a gain for the Ukrainians, a small one. It's come at quite a price. Uh, but having said that, they have managed to gain ground, uh, but it's what happens now. They would have to pour a lot more troops and a lot more tanks in there to be able to hold that position, where one would surmise, uh, especially given that I would imagine a major bombing campaign is probably coming their way.
0: Now, Doc, uh, uh, Mr. Thornton is... Uh Very clear there. And folks, on your screen, as he was talking about that map, to your left is the north and to your right is the south. So the Ukrainian armed forces is on your left uh, and the uh, Russian uh, lines are uh, to your uh, right. Uh, uh, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but I'll point it out. Uh, he gave the Ukrainian armed forces credit for uh, for making uh, some headway into the two villages of the three that they were uh, uh, that they were after on that first on that first push. And, and I believe this is the first push and series of pushes in the uh, vaunted offensive that the Ukrainians keep talking about. Uh, uh, but I don't think they've officially announced uh, it yet. Uh, uh, and I laugh because. Uh, they've been playing around with this idea for a long time, and and it's been a, a, a very long build-up to the offense. But uh, the important point there is that uh, uh, they committed uh, uh, a line of operations all across that front line into the Donbass region that's held by Russia uh, and, the, and its local forces. And... Uh, Uh, And the Ukrainians actually had some successes in those two villages uh, and they have that territory in spite of some of the propaganda you're going to hear in the next segment. Uh, Your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, I don't think Ukraine can win this war. This is the war of attrition now. And my sources tell me that the Russians are losing one man for every three, three and a half that they uh, take out on the Ukrainian side. So that right there tells you the war of attrition the Ukrainians can't win. And, I, you know, they're probably waiting on those uh, F-16s and some of those uh, more advanced tanks to come their way, but that takes a lot of time. And I'm not even sure that F-16s are going to be equipped with the latest technological advances and, and weaponry, and I don't think that F-16s will change that uh, war, air priority in that area much at all. f 16 is a Generation 4 fighter. Outstanding fighter, but I don't think it'll change the course of events.
0: Yeah, I mean the the lead time to train uh, to become mission ready in an F sixteen for an American is uh, over a year, really, from the time you exactly. uh, from the time you get to the beginning of F sixteen training till the time you become mission ready in a unit. Uh, now that that can be compressed quite a bit in wartime uh, to get the right events, but still, uh, then you've got a, you know, you're immediately going into combat with this thing uh, in a very unfamiliar platform. Uh, you know, the idea of giving more MiG-29s and and maybe, uh, you know, if any of the Allies have, uh, have anything more advanced than that, and I don't think they do, uh, uh, was a much better idea because the Ukrainian Armed Forces are familiar with the MiG-29. They've had them... uh uh, you know they're very familiar with russian assets and those kind of things and i think that's why you're seeing some of the issues with i think they're i believe they're having some issues with the patriot missiles uh that they're using now because i mean it's just you can get all the training you want but but combat experience uh, is a whole other thing altogether isn't it
1: it is exactly and you get involved in that fog of war and when you're not trained properly you go back to what you know which is not being trained properly
0: yeah, so uh, so, uh, Doc, you see the propaganda every single day from all I sides do. in this in this war. Uh, uh, what's uh, I mean, Mr. Thornton's views on the updates is as close to what I think you can get to the factual truth because uh, what 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 really has impressed me is he does give both sides credit when credit's due, and he also uh, says, well, no, uh, this is not what. My team is seeing uh, on the ground and his sources are on the ground uh, in the fighting areas. So, so he's got some really good confidential sources. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that they don't tell lies to him too. Sometimes uh, I'm I'm saying question everything, uh, exactly. but, uh, uh, but what do you think? is really going on here between both sides. Uh, uh, I think it's my opinion that the Russians haven't lost as many personnel as NATO and, and the West and Ukraine is saying they have, uh, and uh, haven't watched these, these uh, this like the back back boot uh, 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 combat for many, many months now, almost a year uh, before Russia completely took it over. I think the Ukrainians have probably lost, in the more than tens of thousands uh, of killed in action, not to mention civilians that were trapped in those areas.
1: And again, my sources say it's three and a half to one, that the Russians are losing one for every three and a half of the uh, enemy that they kill killed on the Ukrainian side. It's probably more like five to one. And I don't know how long, and I think I uh, there was a tweet out and you were on that tweet. And I said that uh, Ukrainians are slowly, steadily running out of blood. To give for this war and that's that's exactly what's happening It's a war of attrition and they can't they can't trust me dr and one subject they cannot beat russia and i think that we've got people that are getting rich in this military industrial complex and there's there's dirty politicians that are you know enforcing this let's keep sending them money let's keep sending them weapons because they're getting rich and re- remember this is uh you know eisenhower warned us we, we talked about this before eisenhower warned us The military-industrial complex is highly corrupt. And so you combine that with corrupt officials, and this is what you get.
0: Well, I don't know who's getting rich, but somebody's getting rich off of it. Uh, uh, Just like they got rich off of our fight in Afghanistan and Iraq and uh, the current fight that's still happening in Syria. Uh, You know, uh, these companies don't give this stuff away. Uh, And the uh, U.S. government is the largest uh, bucket of cash that you can ever find in a war zone. And I mean real cash, you know, buckets, boxes, briefcases, uh, you know, uh, bulldozer buckets full of the cash sometimes. Uh, and it flows, and it, and it flows unchecked and unaccounted for uh, quite right. often. And, and it's really flowing unaccounted for because we haven't done what we did in Afghanistan, which is set up a Special Inspector General to follow the, that cash flow uh, so that it gets to equipment and training for the Ukrainian armed forces to oppose their enemy. Uh, we haven't done that. As a matter of fact, it's been voted down, hasn't it? Exactly.
1: And the Pentagon well, has announced a, they can't account for $3.5 billion. And this happens every four, five, six months yeah. when there's some sort of an accounting. They can't They can't account for $3.5 billion.
0: Well, that's right. Well, the first casualty in war is always the truth. There's a book out that was written after World War One. It's called "The First Casualty." Folks, I highly recommend that reading. Uh, uh, I all that was on my reading list to all of my folks the, when I was in command or supervising because it's it's accurate. Uh, and uh, next segment, right after this break, we're going to talk about and highlight two pieces of propaganda, one from each side in the Ukraine and the uh, and the Russian armed forces.
3: MyPillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature-regulating thread. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next
1: generation of MyPillow.
0: The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand-new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to
1: MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free.
3: You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit pillow dot com?
0: Welcome back to the Rob Manis Show, folks, uh, and it's more War Mondays. Uh, that's uh, there is so much war uh going on in the world that i dedicated an entire show uh to the subject and uh uh, as i mentioned in my opening we've got a uh, we're going around the world today because we got a lot of bad actors out there uh and uh you'll be surprised at who the bad actors are sometimes as we talk about the nato uh and u.s conflagration that they're fighting a proxy war against russia here uh using ukraine and uh Dr. Arrington, uh, I, I read a tweet uh, over the weekend that said that uh, the NATO and Western leaders are willing to fight Russia all the way till the last drop of Ukrainian blood. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing it. But, uh, you know, it's sad, but that's uh, really, really uh, a compelling statement there. And quite honestly, it certainly looks to be true.
1: And that's why I said earlier in the first segment, there was fully slowly- steadily running out of Ukrainian blood. And and that's sad. You think we can maybe somehow get the diplomats involved, these leaders involved and come together and start some peace talks to stop this bloodshed. And I think the next president, if it's still going on, then we'll have to probably do that. Let's have some peace talks and stop the killing of these people on both sides. Well,
0: yeah, I've said it too. Uh, We both said it. All it takes is a statesman uh, to step up, you know, uh, Uh, A lot of people didn't think Ronald Reagan had it in him uh, when he uh, got elected the president of the United States. He was opposed much like uh, in a less way, but much like Donald Trump was opposed by the uh, what we call the uniparty establishment, the neocons, the military industrial complex. All of those actors opposed Reagan uh, completely uh, because he didn't want to continue the Cold War. He had a plan uh, and a team that built that plan before he even took the oath of office that resulted in the downfall of the Soviet Union without firing a shot against them, you know. Exactly. Uh, and 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 that's the kind of statesmanship uh, that we need. And he also showed that you don't have to be weak in order to be a statesman. Mr. Trump did that in his administration too. But unfortunately, we're fighting uh, the the false narrative of propaganda. Uh, And as I mentioned before the break, the first casualty is always the truth. Uh, uh, Krista, go ahead and bring up that map uh, that's labeled Ukraine propaganda. We're going to talk, we're going to show two pieces of propaganda, one from the Ukraine side uh, and one from the Russian side. Now, this is a map around Belgorod. Uh, The the blue is the Ukrainians, the red is Russia, and then the green and white are all supposedly uh, how far these Russian... uh, Volunteers, supported by Ukrainian artillery, air forces, and tanks uh, and armored personnel carriers, have gotten into uh, this uh, uh, this area. Uh, and if you saw a little bitty dark green area there, that's actually where the facts show that those volunteers got to. Uh, and the The Russian government is saying that they, you know, every time they've come in, they've been beaten back and defeated. Uh, and those kind of things. And, and then Ukrainian artillery has been shelling uh, uh, a lot of those little towns uh, daily, uh, almost 24-7 a day. So there are people dying, civilians dying. Uh, you know, the military targets they've hit over and over again are like border border guard places and those kind of things. But the propaganda of that is that while this, the, you know, this long buildup to, uh, to the long-awaited vaunted offensive, of the ukrainian armed forces backed by western technology and nato and the united states of america and its allies uh uh while we're doing that we're going to distract you with this piece and, and just show you that what a few russian volunteers backed up with uh, ukrainian armed forces weaponry uh, are able to do and we've invaded russia right here and they're having to uh, uh, reclaim their territory your thoughts
1: well i Again, I'm not sure if this is not just propaganda. And propaganda can be very, very uh, influential with weak-minded people. I always tell uh, people I teach, you know anything that you hear is just opinion. And anything that you read is just perspective. You've got to be smart enough and and have the time and the expend the effort to do your own research and find out using your judgment, what's the real truth. And people don't want to do that because that requires effort and the use of your rational part of your brain. And most people don't want to do that. Most people in the world want to be told what to think by activists, and then they trust those activists. That's the worst thing you can do. You need to do your own research and find out on your own what is and is not the real truth. And, you know, when you speak, speak the truth, nobody's hated more in society. Nobody's hated more than a guy or a gal that speaks the truth because a lot of people don't want to hear the truth or cannot uh, handle the truth. Like Jack Nicholson said in that movie, you can't handle the truth, and that's true.
0: That's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, a lot of people, especially today, cannot handle uh, the truth, Doc. Uh, well, we've got a short video here. It's the Russian response to the attacks yesterday. And now there's no sound with this video Uh Uh, But uh, I'll tell you the words that come with the video as I describe what's happening. Uh, And the Russians put this out. It's actual video from what we've been able to confirm. uh, But it doesn't quite match up with what they're trying to tell people. Uh, Anyway, go ahead and play that 45-second video. Now, this is in the area of the uh, offensive operations that Ukraine started yesterday, backed up by armor. Uh, You can see in the center of the screen on the other side of the trees, you see armor uh, uh, moving forward up to the line. And uh, uh, the Russians have just uh, taken a shot at one of those pieces. And uh, uh, they're going to tell you uh, what they did in this video and all day yesterday as they continue to kind of bend the truth a little bit. So that is an actual hit. It is a Ukrainian Armed Forces uh, uh, tank. But here's the words that came with it. Let's see here. The uh, Russians say that they killed 250 Ukrainian troops, 16 tanks, uh, three infantry, infantry fighting vehicles, and 21 uh, armored Fighting vehicles, Uh, and that's the video they showed. Uh, Now there's another small one with it, but it's it's the same uh, area from a different angle, and everything. Uh, And and if you go back and remember what uh, the real truths uh, update was at the beginning of the show, he talked about six tanks that the Russians had uh, destroyed. Uh, And uh, 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 now he did buy the 250 personnel killed. I don't buy it. Uh, I would, you know, maybe there's 250 casualties injured, uh, in that action, uh, in that such a small area there, but, uh, uh but I don't buy that many KIA either. Uh, uh but, uh, it just goes to show you, you know, even, even when you see something happening, uh, it, it depends on who's presenting it to you. That's a real video. It's really a Russian aircraft, uh, uh unit taking the video. You can see the markings on it. Uh, and, uh, along with that video was another one of a Russian commander that wasn't translated yet. So we didn't want to play that one. Uh, but, uh, uh and then another silent one, a, a different angle of the same shots of those vehicles being destroyed. Uh, but still, you know, uh, believe nothing, uh, uh, and listen to everything. And you might be able to find out where you're at.
1: For me, that looked like a, uh, one of those suspected truck parks in the jungles of Vietnam that we used to bomb that really had nothing there. And uh, people people need to remember about war is this. War is the ultimate political action that is taken by a country. And for that country to continue to pursue and wage that war, they must have the support of the people. That's why they lie to the people every single day. They have to convince the people that what they're doing is righteous, just, and get their approval so they can continue to do it. If they lose the approval of the majority of the people, they can't wage war anymore. And that's what happened to us in Vietnam. We were within like two weeks of winning Vietnam, but our leaders didn't have the support and they had to fold. And that's a sad situation. That's why propaganda is so influential and they use it so much, so often.
0: Yeah, and do you think, uh, you know, the Vietnam example is is one that's, really uh, uh, bothersome to me because I got the distinct impression I was too young to be in, in the Vietnam era, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not that old. Although I look it, I'm not that old. Uh, the uh, But uh, the commanders, the senior commanders, were actually believing what they were pushing to the politicians. Right. And it was propaganda, wasn't it? Was. it?
1: It was. And, you know, Johnson was the pro- I think Kennedy probably got killed because he didn't want to go to Vietnam. The truth will come out soon about JFK. But LBJ, you know, accelerated the number of uh, troops we put into Vietnam. And he used to have a Tuesday for lunch bunch meeting with, Gen- with, West, with uh, not Westmoreland, the guy a the Department of Defense uh, secretary, uh, the McNamara. guy from GM, at McNamara. And they would decide at that Tuesday for lunch bunch the targets that they were going to bomb. Are you kidding me? A president deciding what's... hard. You have to trust your commanders in the field to tell you what is needed. Not in Washington, D.C. You decide over some sort of uh, ham sandwich, this is what we're going to bomb. And all they want to do is keep it going, again, to a corrupt military-industrial complex combined with the politicians that are making loads of money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was in uh, Air Command and Staff College during Operation Allied Force, unfortunately. But uh, uh, after... Uh, that operation, and I graduated, I went to work in uh, the J3 in the Pentagon, that's operations, and one of the projects that I worked on was uh, how to prevent the president from uh, making targeting decisions, uh, because the rumors were, uh, during Operation Allied Force, that Bill Clinton was actually picking individual targets uh, much like Lyndon Johnson was doing. So we hadn't learned that lesson. And the real thing, the real problem was the corporate culture of the United States armed forces went along with it and didn't learn that lesson. Uh, And and I led the initial study on that and a friend of mine that came in after I did finished it. uh, But we ended up having to uh, devise a system uh, that, uh, uh, that would keep the President of the United States out of the day-to-day targeting decisions as much as possible, because we almost lost Allied force, and we did really lose it. I mean, we're, we, we, we see Serbia and Kosovo are acting up again, and we have a peacekeeping force uh, there called uh, K4 and I4, uh, that Americans are part of, and 20-plus and, uh, of those individuals in that NATO force have been hurt recently because of stuff that's going on there. So we really didn't win, is my point. Uh, And you're never going to win by the commander in chief personally picking targets. Now, uh, now approving certain targets. I got it. I get it. You know, everything's going to be that's different. But going in with a list of the targets and I have a picture of Madeleine Albright with the Secretary of Defense showing the target list to the president and him picking it. I have a picture of that. Uh, so I know it's true. I talked to all the bit players and the, the leading players when I uh, interviewed them. Uh, and, uh, uh, and the, the solution was come up with a process that presents for approval, the types of targets, the president or the commander in chief needs to be approving. Uh, because yeah. you have to be able to do that. He's the commander in chief of the armed forces and some targets require the big boss to make the approval decision. Uh, that's okay. Uh, But to to do the same things that Lyndon Johnson and Bob McNamara were doing uh, is is incredibly bad. Well, we're going to shift gears. Uh, Like I told you when I asked you to come on, we're going to talk about China, Taiwan, North Korea, missiles, airplanes, and craziness after the break.
3: It's a crazy world out there, and we're facing more uncertainty than our country has faced in a long time, if ever. And the most important advice that we can give you and your loved ones is be prepared. Most people don't realize they need something until it's too late, whether it's a natural disaster, a sustained power outage, political upheaval, or God forbid, war. You need to be prepared. Don't put yourself in that situation. Have food and water on hand to provide for you and your loved ones during the worst of times, and then pray you never need it thankfully we have just the solution for you heaven's harvest has everything you need to prepare for the unexpected you get prepared and you support a pro-america christian company that shares your values at the same time everyone wins and the best news is you also get discounts on emergency survival foods heirloom vegetable seed kits water filtration and storage kits and loads of other survival resources such as guides on how to grow and preserve your foods so Get ahead, be prepared and survive with a company that shares your values and we have you covered with great discounts. Go to heavensharvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10%. Again, that's heavensharvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10% on your order.
0: Welcome back to The Rob Manus Show, folks. It's more War Mondays, and unfortunately, we still have a lot of war going around uh, and potential wars uh, going around. In the second half of the show, we're going to be looking at the uh, Indo-Pacific area of responsibility. That's what the United States combatant commanders who, who command combat forces in wartime call the Pacific Rim, the Pacific Ocean, uh the indian ocean uh, and that whole area there so let's uh let's bring that uh that map up uh krista that shows the pacific region just so so folks can get the lay of the land here. As, uh commander errington on i talk down to your lower left uh, is vietnam and the philippines and the south china sea uh, and going up the coast you see north korea uh, and in between all of those is taiwan right there where the uss bilius is uh, uh, is indicated there, and this is a picture from from a uh, a war game exercise that occurred. But it shows a really good picture of what the area we're talking about is. But what it doesn't show uh, is the American bases and and Chinese bases that are now being American bases are already all over the Pacific. Uh, but China is going into places like the Solomon Islands and establishing effective relationships with them. So we've got we've got a major a uh, uh, kerfuffle is what I call it. Potential uh, building up, unless we get to the point where we are deterring the Chinese Communist Party uh, at a very similar level to what we did the Soviet Union. But man, we have a long way to go, there, Commander Errington. Uh, your thoughts on that picture, and uh, you know, down in the South China Sea, there, the the, the Chinese Communist Party has taken. Uh, reefs and basically made them into islands and put runways on them and ports on them and and declared them sovereign territory uh, of the uh, People's Republic of China. That's incredibly uh, the wrong side of uh, uh, what international law says.
1: The Chinese Communist Party, trust Dr. Ray on this one subject, the Chinese Communist Party is actively, daily, preparing for war with the United States of America. They see it as inevitable. They also see it as inevitable that they will rule the world one day, them and them alone. So we have to reprepare. What we're doing right now in our military is preparing for Pride Month, you know, and and, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and all that crap. Again, diversity is not a strength unless it's assimilated. Unassimilated diversity is a huge weakness, and it exposes that to the rest of the world. Trust me. The rest of the world, especially China, is watching every day what we're doing in the United States of America, especially what uh, President Joe Biden is doing, stumbling and fumbling around. They know that with him at the helm, we're weak. And one day they're going to take advantage of that, and they're going to to start war with the United States of America. They believe that to be an inevitability. And, again, they will rule the world. Now, the problem is when you have people— in high positions of authority and power that think they're incredibly intelligent but don't realize that they are not, they are a huge, huge problem for innocent people. And that's what we have right now. We have people who think they're, I call her Madeline Halfbright. She's dead now, but Madeline Halfbright when she was in there with Clinton. So they, they think they're enlightened, incredibly intelligent. They may be about certain things, but about certain things they're not. And that's a big problem for the United States people.
0: You're absolutely right, and let's put a let's put a really big exclamation exclamation of reality point uh, on what you just said, Doc. Uh, and uh, Krista, play play that video of the China fighter dangerously close. Now, this is a, a Communist Chinese Party fighter aircraft that's intercepting a RC-135, an American uh, aircraft called the Rivet Joint, which is a surveillance, ISR, Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance aircraft. Uh, but that maneuver right there, uh, you saw the the controls inside the U.S. aircraft change uh, and, and and the bumps and everything. That is caused because that fighter was so close to the U.S. aircraft. And just by the way, that's in international waters. Uh, usually, those kinds of activities don't happen uh, unless you've incurred, in, uh, uh, unless you've encroached inside a, what's called an air defense I- identification zone, which is set up at certain distances outside of, uh, of a nation's uh, sovereign airspace, uh, where somebody and you're not responding. Uh, well, these guys, these folks, were just uh, flying on a straight line in international waters doing what they do in their aircraft you know and it is an intelligence surveillance reconnaissance platform but uh, that's okay if you're in international waters but they were over the south china sea over some of those islands that the chinese have made
1: right and we are on the aircraft carrier deployments we used to do those types of intercepts all the time i I intercepted a tu-95 bear once and the way you do it is you intercept and you get on their wing and stay your jet in between the enemy jet and the aircraft carrier you don't cross in front of them that's too provocative and that's exactly what they did and then you know that uh that isr plane hit the vortices from that uh that, that airplane and that's they, they also i think you're going to show this the frigate the, the was intercepting our our destroyer and crossing in front are you going to show that video too
0: uh no i don't have that one okay we'll well, go ahead and they a,
1: it. Uh, yeah they, they had a uh a a navy
0: uh, you got some models of boats you got some models of boat stock
1: i'm not a boat guy
0: (laughs) nah i know i'm just kidding the navy guy is going to yell at me for calling them boats they're ships boats are submarines folks
1: i know i know but (laughs) but uh yeah they they uh it was a canadian destroyer and an american destroyer the chung hugh the first Asian-American to graduate from the the Naval Academy and the first commanding officer that was an Asian. And so that boat was out there with the Canadian. They were doing stuff in the the Straits of Taiwan, and a Chinese frigate intercepted them and turned in front of them about 150, to me a little more like 200 yards uh, in front of them, so two football fields, and crossed right in front of them. And you don't do that. I used to intercept boats all the time that were enemy boats all the time out in the ocean, and I would fly next to them, but I would never cross in front of them because that's too provocative and uh, it, it is uh, something you just don't do. That's basically international uh, rules. And of course, the uh, guy that runs the Department of Defense, a uh, guy named Li in China, said, well, the international rules are not really written down. Well, yes, they are, and you don't do sure that true. sort of stuff. They, they know what they're doing. They know they're yeah. being provocative again. Yeah. They're going to fight us in a war sooner or, sooner or later. They think that's inevitable.
0: Well, they know, uh, they've studied history, you know, uh, the folks uh, running the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese Communist uh, Armed Forces are not stupid people. Uh, they, oh. They've studied history. They know that the Soviet Union and the United States and NATO had a, had a program called the Prevention of Dangerous Military Activities uh, because, uh, because this kind of thing uh, happened uh, uh, back when some of our reconnaissance aircraft were still armed with guns. Uh, quite honestly, and you can go back and look in history where the Soviets uh, tried to pull some stuff, and they got fired upon uh, by reconnaissance aircraft uh, uh, using those very same guns to do that. And it was quite an aggressive little dogfight, even though the, the U.S. plane was a was a big aircraft, uh, you know, B-47 type uh, uh, type size there. So, you know. Uh, so they've studied history. They know that it's dangerous and provocative, uh, uh, and that makes it even worse. That tells me that our deterrence has weakened to the point where, uh, uh, where the Chinese leadership is knowingly uh, having their men and women uh, go out with their combat platforms and taking actions like this that could lead to easily to a shooting uh, uh, incident uh, and somebody getting killed uh or hurt or maimed, loss of equipment and those kind of things that puts us in a very dangerous place doesn't it
1: it does and again they are watching us their leadership their military their politicians in the ccp are watching us every single day and guess what they're not only watching us from outside of our country they're watching us from inside this country they have spies everywhere in this country communist spies from china are in this country have been for a long time and uh, that's a problem because the leadership we have right now is extremely weak. And I believe that, you know, Biden is being led by, by Marxists. And that's, that's a problem.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, uh now the, the incident we just showed you on the video with the Chinese fighter aircraft and the, uh, rivet joint aircraft, uh, uh, was May 26th, I believe was the date on that, mm-hmm. the date time group on that. Uh, so not very long ago. Uh, and, uh, uh, it, it just it, yesterday, uh, I saw a letter from the Department of the Navy on official letterhead. Uh, it was like four five, maybe six paragraphs long describing Pride Month uh, and how it's important to you know uh, make sure people get their rights and uh, the Navy is a supporter of that effort, blah blah, blah, blah blah. Uh, uh, two things. so one, the Chinese are watching that. As a matter of fact, they probably got uh, moles inside the military in uniform, uh, in addition to in civilian clothes, that uh, uh, may have even helped write that. Uh, uh, quite honestly, I mean, everybody in my mind is suspect. We've been so infiltrated, and we've allowed it. We've encouraged it, as a matter of fact. Uh, but uh, uh, but it's incredibly incredibly weak uh, to be uh, to be talking about those kinds of things, and uh, which they know has, has created a, a great chasm between the American people themselves. We are divided on that issue so much so uh, that, uh, look, I've come out for the first time in my life since they started this Pride Month thing, uh, I've just decided I'm I'm, I'm going to oppose it at every turn. I'm going to talk about right. it and I'm going to say you're wrong for doing that. You're Marxist for doing that. Uh, you're going after kids. You're sexualizing kids. Uh, why are you raising a pride flag at the Veterans Administration place where I go to get my health care? I don't believe in that political partisan ideology and that's what it represents. Uh, so I'm right. pushing back on it. Uh, but they know. They know, because they see it on official letterhead, uh, that right. the American people are so divided that we are very weak right now.
1: Speaking of that Pride Month that you see in Biloxi, Mississippi, just today they're having a huge protest at the Veterans Administration Cemetery because they raised a Pride flag where the American flag is supposed to fly. And yep. uh, they the, the conservatives. there are all up in arms, and they're right now as we're speaking, they're doing a, a protest there in Biloxi at the VA cemetery.
0: Yep, and I'm not there because I'm doing this show. Uh, I know so folks, I was invited. Uh, I couldn't uh, go. You want to go out to the Biloxi cemetery? Uh, you can go. It's it's you know seven minutes uh, to the east of my studio. Uh, so yes, absolutely. I've encouraged it. I tweeted it out and tagged those guys, and uh, I'm glad to see they're picking up the standard uh, because yes. it's wrong. It's wrong. Uh, uh, because it's a political, partisan symbol. It's an ideological, partisan symbol, and it's wrong for them to do that over a Veterans Affairs hospital or medical facility or an Air Force base or a Navy ship or any of that stuff.
1: Right, and the the LGBTQ people always ask me, Dr. Ray, why do you care about my life? I don't. You're a consenting (laughs) adult. You do what you want, but... If you put it in my face and you force me to celebrate your lifestyle, or you try to groom children which don't belong to you or the government, they belong to the parents, if you try to do that, that's where I draw the line. You can't do that.
0: Using the force of government to force me uh, to cross your line and be a believer in your ideology and your religion, because that's what it is to you. A religion is a violation of my religion and my rights. Uh, so we're going to pull it down, uh, and uh, we're going to fight it. Uh, I'll be fighting it every time I get the opportunity. We've got to take our last break, Doc. Uh, and unfortunately, the only bad actor is not the Chinese Communist Party uh, no. in the Indo-Pacific region. There's many of them, but the, but the number two uh, has been acting up again. And we'll take a look at a video uh, of the, uh, uh, the results of that action here after the break.
2: Breaking news, an emergency alert has been issued in Japan after North Korea fired a projectile. Japanese authorities have issued a ballistic missile alert. North Korea claiming the object is only a quote, space launch vehicle.
0: Residents in parts of Japan and South Korea are being told to urgently seek shelter. Air raid sirens right now blaring across parts of Seoul and Okinawa
2: as we go to air. frightening
0: there's speculation this launch is linked to north korea's first military spy satellite we'll have more on this breaking story throughout the morning
2: it is an edge of the world on edge
0: well welcome back to the rob manor show on uh, more war mondays uh good old north korea uh look how far we've come uh uh but Right here on the Red Voice Media Network, we're going to give you the truth and the facts. And that was just days ago, uh, where Japan and uh, uh, other uh, and their outlying islands were under air raid sirens. And one uh, emergency communication even said to uh, start planning for evacuation uh, because they weren't sure exactly what was going on with these long range missiles that the North Koreans had fired. Uh, We're talking with uh, retired. Uh, Navy commander, attack pilot, and uh, political science Ph.D. Doctor Randy Arrington today. Uh, and uh, uh, Doc, that, uh, that we don't see that very often where uh, where a nation's emergency systems uh, for air raids and those kind of things are activated. Uh, now the North Koreans have been uh, have been doing this uh, for many months now, firing these long-range missiles, and the Japanese uh, and South Koreans. Uh, keep a close eye on them. They track them. Uh, they do warn people and everything, but but they've never uh, directed an evacuation or people to go to shelters uh, until this one that just happened this week. Uh, uh, and uh, when you combine that with what the what the Chinese are up to, uh, uh, we're we're in a pretty uh, pretty dark scenario right now. And man, how far we have come in just two short years since the last administration when uh, when Little Rocket Man, as Donald Trump likes to call him, uh, wouldn't even uh, put a rocket near a launcher uh, after he talked to him face-to-face.
1: Right. I would say you're right. Rocket Man is acting up again, but you go back to when Trump was president, and again, I, I'm, I don't agree with everything Trump does or says, but you can't argue with the results of his public policy. That's the key, and Rocket Man did not act up at least as much as he's doing now. And he did before Trump was president, while President Trump was in office. And, of course, what did Trump do? He went and met the guy, shook his hand. And I think that's probably brilliant that he did that. You know, and the little North Korean guy didn't do anything for a long, long time. But now he is gotten back to the attack dog of the Communist Chinese Party. And they are enabling him. And in every step, they are enabling him. And he's doing this because he can get away with it. He's a bully. And, he, you know, most bullies are cowards. And so I think he's a coward. He's over overcompensating for his cowardice on the you know, geopolitical stage by launching these things. Japan could wipe those guys out in two weeks if they ever went to war. Yeah. You know. But uh, So we've got to watch that area because of what's going on there with Rocketman and what's going on in, in Taiwan with the Chinese Communist Party wanting to take those people back into their fold and do away with their uh, self-governing apparatus. And that's going to be a problem. And again, let's go back to what we talked about earlier segment. The Chinese communists believe that they are going to inevitably fight the United States in a war, and they are actively preparing for that eventuality, and we are not.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, their their political newspaper published an article by two People's Liberation Army colonels in May of 2019 that said we are in unrestricted warfare with the United States of America. Uh, and, uh, check it out; it's in the Global Times. That's that's the uh, uh, the political organ mouthpiece uh, newspaper of the Chinese Communist Party. They said it. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm a members of task civilian task forces and groups that we have put it out there. We've talked about it. You know, with uh, much higher you know falutin people than me. Uh, you know, I'm just a retired colonel, but uh, uh, when you have generals and admirals that are sounding the warning, uh, it, it, uh, it, it's just incredible. The, the really concerning part is that, uh, you know, we have the capability to have a great deterrent and never get into a shooting war with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, but that deterrent... Is evaporating before our eyes, Doc. You know, for deterrence to work, you have to have this great capability uh, militarily, which we have for the most part. We out, we out uh, uh, we outnumber every military in the world from a spending perspective uh, and from a technology perspective. You know, I say outnumber. It's we have a technological lead on every single armed force out there. Uh, and uh, Even though the Chinese Navy, like you have said in previous shows, have, have more numbers uh, than the United States Navy does, we still have a technological edge. But you can have all of that and have no political will to uh, stand up to these criminals, uh, and, and that, that is right there where your deterrence is failing. When you have, don't have that, and we currently have a man that looks like, according to a lot of reporting uh, and, and the, this document that the FBI is refusing to give over to the, the Oversight Committee in Congress, uh, that potentially says that the current president is compromised by the Chinese Communist Party and maybe even the Russians, too. Right. This and whole you- thing could be just a big, a, a big fallacy.
1: Well, to be effective, your deterrent has to be – you have to convince the enemy that you will use every uh, asset in your arsenal to your advantage to win an eventual war. And I'll give you a great example. The Iranian hostage crisis, they took 57 Americans, and the president during that time was Carter. He was weak. He's a Naval Academy graduate, too, a submarine guy, but he was weak. He's a Democrat. He was weak. And so they did all this stuff to the Americans there, and then within an hour after Ronald Reagan was, was inaugurated as in the 40th president of the United States, they released those hostages. That told me as a young naval officer, they believe a Republican conservative, they don't believe these these Democrats will do anything. They believe that Reagan would do exactly what he said he was going to do. If I was president during that time, I would have called the Ayatollah and said, look, here's the deal. If you don't let those people go within three days, I'm going to bomb Tehran and Bomb it to the ground. I'll sacrifice those 57 American lives, but your, your your state, your country, that city will no longer exist. Let them go. And if he believed me, which I'm sure I could convince him that, he would let them go. You have to make sure that your deterrent is believable. And right now, uh, you know, we've got the ICBMs of the Air Force, uh, uh, they, don't, they use the Air Force, they are the ones that are doing that, but we have the submarines too. They're strategic mm-hmm. and they're, they don't know where they are because those balloons. They know where all of our you know, ICBMs are located, they, they knew that before, but they don't know where our submarines are, and our submarine force is tremendous. My dad was a submarine sailor during the uh, 1963 missiles, the uh, 62 missiles of Cuba. So um, that is a tremendous advantage for us. Again, we talked about this on the show last week and the week before, they've got lots of numbers, but their technology is not there compared vis-a-vis the United States same thing with North Korea. They have these North Korean uh, military parades, and you, you get a close-up of these missiles, and they're paper mache.
0: Yeah.
1: So you got to be believable in your deterrent. Otherwise, you know, nobody will think it will work.
0: Well, and that's my concern with, uh, you mentioned the ballistic missile submarines. Uh, you're right. I mean, that that is a fantastic capability. Uh, but if The adversary doesn't believe in his or her mind that we have the cojones, the balls, to use it because we have a weak commander-in-chief who telegraphs that every single day, uh, then uh, you don't really have a deterrent, no matter how good you're your submarines are. No matter how good they are, everybody knows that they're not going to fire without the commander in chief's order. Uh, you know, and this commander in chief, when Putin put his strategic rocket forces back on a higher alert, what did we do? We canceled our ICBM regular test launch with a combat mission ready crew uh, uh, right. that uh, that is intended and designed to tell the adversary that we not not only have the political will, but we have the the, uh, the technical capability, and it's still working. Uh, uh, so uh, so that is the problem with our deterrence today, and the Chinese are watching that, and these activities like the intercepting the RC-135 and, and doing that dangerous maneuver right there uh, is a big indicator of it, isn't
1: it? Radical Islam teaches their adherence that the United States is a bunch of paper tigers. Paper tigers. They don't need to be afraid of us. Well, that's only when you have a uh, paper tiger in the White House that, that we, we can be that way. When you have somebody in there that is willing to go to war for the United States and has the people behind him, we can't be beat. We can't be beat. There's nobody outside of the United States that can beat us. The only thing that will harm us, and I've said this before, is heinous treason from within. And you're seeing that every day. Now, you mentioned the FBI talking about uh, President Biden and Hunter Biden and what's going on with that family. <clears throat> it's treason. I'm sorry if that hurts your little sensitive ears, but it's treason, and that's the only way that the United States can be taken down is by that heinous activity, and it's happening right now.
0: Well, thanks, Commander Errington. We appreciate it. We are out of time, and I will leave it at that. Take no prisoners. On this show, we take no prisoners. That's why we like having Dr. Errington with us to discuss these critically important uh, topics, especially on more War Mondays. And ladies and gentlemen... Uh, we've got Drew Burquist coming up with, this is my show and booze and banner right after that, right here on the red voice.